I had the privilege and pleasure to meet this very lovely, talented uh, young lady, uh, Mayor Maisha Hedden, and she just happens to, uh, Judge Hedden just happens to be blessed by God to be her husband, Judge Raymond Hedden of the 8th District Court of Appeals. And uh, we've gotten Hi. to meet, and she's on here. She's live here with us on Facebook and live in the studio. And uh, we're now partners with a uh, uh, called, thing called Paradox Prize, where we're taking people to work together. And it's been a joy and privilege to just know you, Maisha. So say hello to our radio audience. It has been a joy and privilege mm -hmm. to know you as well. And hello to your radio audience. All right. Um, my name is Maisha Hedden. And as Pastor Phillips said, I am the wife of... Uh, Judge Raymond Hedden on the 8th District Court of Appeals. Pastor, is it okay if I recommend that people vote for him? Uh, yeah, cause it, especially in the primary, because yeah, he will not be on any tickets that our folks will be pulling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you happen to see his name, it's Hedden, and please vote for him. Absolutely. He's but a, I'm here today to talk about infant mortality. Yes. Infant mortality is a huge issue uh, in our community, and I couldn't think of a better person uh, to be working on this issue than you, my, uh, Maisha, and I really am glad to know that. I don't know if you know Pastor Knuckles, but we should make sure that you are uh, getting connected with him. He's working on that issue for the coalition's perspective uh, for with the county. Wonderful. Yeah, so we'll make sure you do that. But t tell us, and you have a, a very uh, great guest who has written a book, so just tell us tell us about what you're doing and, and you know, the guest that you brought today. Oh, wonderful. And I should mention my guest. Her name is Chastity Strotter. And she wrote a book about the challenges of being a black woman and also of motherhood, about bearing children and complicated pregnancies in her book called Broken for the Promise. Um, and we're going to talk to Chastity um, a lot in a little bit. I want to take a minute to frame the issue, um, especially the issue as it um, resolve, revolves around Cuyahoga County, exactly where we're located. So our program is called Beauty for Ashes, Stories from Maternal Hope. Black women in Cuyahoga County experience a disproportionate number of extreme pre premature births. And those, that means that these are children that are born for less than 28 weeks mm. old and less than two pounds. Mm. Um, and also, the infant mortality rate in the United States, so for the entire United States, it's 5.8 births per thousand. So 5.8 children die per 1,000 births. Okay. However, in Cuyahoga County, the infant mortality rate for white women is 3.8. So I know I'm talking numbers. Don't no, get, no, don't get scared. No, keep going. So the national rate of infant mortality is 5.8. But in Cuyahoga County, that rate for white women is 3.8. Okay. The infant mortality rate for black women is 12.7. In Cuyahoga County. In Cuyahoga County. There are countries in Africa. So wait a minute. Let me just, you don't have to talk about Africa because that you just told us that in Cuyahoga County is double the double. amount of the national average. That's and what yet, you just told white us, right? women are beating the national average. Right, that's what you just told us, That right? is what I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, so you give it to me slow. I'll get <laughs> to the white folks in a minute. That, that says it's double the rate of infant mortality of the national rate in Cuyahoga County for mm. black women. That is that's exactly a, that right. That is a, a, a way, that's the reason why we have to sound the alarm. Let me tell you, uh, this is, hits home to me. One of our members just recently 
uh, I don't, you don't even know this yet. I have to tell our women on the, um, I got to call the ladies of our congregation. Last week, uh, she comes to church. She works every, she's a young African-American woman. She has three kids. She comes every other week because she works on Sunday. She's a nurse and like a SDNA person. Stay with me just for one moment. I'm telling you this for a reason. The first time she came, the last time before the week, before she came in like in December, we noticed that she was a little heavier. But one thing you don't do is tell a black woman, you know, you're gaining weight. So we, we were suspected it, but we wasn't sure. Well, when she came two weeks ago, it was confirmed. She walked in the church, you know, walking like a pregnant woman, you know. So, okay. Okay, so, I, so I'm saying, okay, we're sure now. Bianca, and, and she was so big, I thought she was getting ready to have the baby, you know, really soon. She said, no, I'm not due till May. But she, I said, we look like you're having twins. But you could tell she was having a boy, had to hide, you know, mm-hmm. so it was clear. So I sent a text message out every week to, you know, to tell folks about coming to church. She's on that text message. When I, after church on Sunday, she didn't make it to church Sunday. After church, I noticed she said, pray for me. I'm in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it until after church. So right before I get ready to watch the Super Bowl yesterday, I call her. Hey, I'm not text her and call her. She doesn't answer. Then she calls me back. I said, hey, what hospital are you in? What's going on? She said, I just got back home, Pastor. I said, well, what happened? What, you know, what's going on? She just lost her baby. And that... Just lost her baby. It just, it floored me. I mean, we just figured out that she was pregnant. And what you're talking about is hitting home right in my neighborhood, right in our church. Now, we pastor big 60, 70 people. And that has happened right in my community with oh, us. That's a huge problem. I mean, that, and, you know, I could tell her, and she's had kids already, but it's still, it was sad. I mean, she, I lost, we lost them. I wonder, you know, why is that? What is going on that our, that in, when, with black women in our community is twice as much than the national average? So help us understand that. And that is the purpose of this initiative. Like I said, ours is called Beauty for Ashes, Stories of Maternal Hope. You're talking about a church-going woman, and I think that's that's important because one of the things that's really shocking about the um, black women's maternal health and the infant mortality crisis in Cuyahoga County is that it affects black women regardless of income and education. Wow. You can be a Ph.D. in Pepper Pike, and if you're a black woman, you are still very likely to lose your child as a black woman who lives in Union Miles. Wow. So some people who are experts are starting to think that the cause is maternal stress. It is an institutional racism. It is the stress that we're under as black women that's creating, um, and I don't want to say toxic, but really just kind of an inconducive environment for the children that we're carrying. And that's why with this program, what we're doing is, I mean, obviously we want to hear from the experts, but you know what? Maybe it's time for them to sit and listen to black women. What we're looking for is 10 black women who will tell their stories about losing their children, about their stories of premature births, because we need to tell the medical community about what is happening to us. I believe, wow. and the purpose of this initiative, is that we are going to find the solution 
And this gives us the platform to tell the experts what the solution is. Wow, that's deep. I mean, that's, that's pretty deep. I, I see we're running uh, shortly out of time. And, but uh, to tell us that it's not just in your environment, but there's a, just a systemic stress of being an African-American woman, I could see that. Especially, I'm, I have four daughters, and uh, I could absolutely see that. <clears throat> and many times, we, even as men, don't know how to handle that. And I will be the first one to say that because it's not that, you know, we don't understand. When somebody's yelling at us, you're just yelling at me. I don't, un why are you yelling at me? But there's a reason for that. I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm going through some stuff. And you're not, sometimes you just want to talk out loud and you're not aiming at us, but it cuts us. And then you always say, it's, it's a, that's an issue. That is a huge, that is really something. That's right, and we need our men to understand. Yeah. And um, I know that we're headed to the break, but part of the reason why um, I brought my partner here, um, Chastity Strotter, is because she wrote a book called Broken for the Promise. And it's the chronic, Chastity is a black woman. She had a miscarriage, yeah. and then she had a high-risk pregnancy um, and almost lost that child as well. And she talks about her experience going through pregnancy while also like grappling with um, intermittent homelessness and like Pastor Phillips the issues that we're working on I got you trying to get transportation to work I and got you My, she we got an important we, story I, we, gotta, we gotta hear from you Chastity but at the break boy this is more than actually what I exceeding my expectation Maisha. thank you for bringing this relevant toxic uh, topic up and I, we need to talk about that and I, I hope that us as men can be the kind of kings to our queens so you're not under that kind of stress. That's my that's what my goal is. Hey, I love you guys. Hey, we're listening to issues of people in the community. I'm Pastor Aaron Phillips. I'm here with Dr. Gwen Jarvis. Give us a call 216-578-1490. If this topic is relevant to you, we're specifically asking ladies, and we're gonna give preferential treatment to our lady callers today. Give us a call if you want to. You have a story to share. We want to hear from you. This is Ladies' Day on the Cleveland Clergy Coalition. Dr. Jarvis, thanks for staying tuned in to the Cleveland Clergy Coalition with this very sensitive issue that affects Black women across Cuyahoga County and across our nation. Taking territory. This is Reverend Al Shopton. Join the National Action Network, not because of what we have done, because we have done much, but because of what we are still doing. We need action around voting rights. We need action around health care. We need action around dealing with the injustice in the criminal justice system. Be a member of the Action Network that's out now fighting for you. Call 1-877-626-4651 or go online to www.nationalactionnetwork.net and become a part of the action. This Girl Scout cookie season, we Girl Scouts would like to say thank you, America. Thank you, cookie cravers, thin mint enthusiasts, peanut butter patrons, shortbread devotees, 
Every time you take a bite of a Girl Scout cookie, it's good for us. Your coconut and caramel cravings are our chance to practice goal setting. Your midnight snacks help us learn to manage money. Your freezers aren't just full of tasty treats. They're packed with entrepreneurship. That's right, entrepreneurship. You probably can't taste the business ethics or the decision-making or the people skills, but they're in there in every single mouthful. Every time you eat what's in the box, we learn how to think outside of it. So raise a glass of milk and raise our chances to reach our potential. Eat up, America. We're counting on you. I'm Catalina. I'm Melody. I'm Katie. I'm Devin. I'm Hannah. I'm Abby. I'm Juliana. I'm Nicole. I'm Olivia. I'm Colette. I'm Stefania. And we approve this message. The Girl Scout Cookie Program. Think outside the box. Sometimes we forget that the funeral is for the living. It is the last visible viewing and celebration. But for those of us in the industry, it is a time for our experience and excellence to shine. At R.A. Prince Funeral Services, our expertise in different cultures, economics, and family blend makes us stand out in helping to meet the trust and faith you have placed in our hands. We know it is paramount for us to ease the burden and release the pressure of this time of need. Let R.A. Prince Funeral Services meet with you and take the worry out. Call us at 216-518-1777. That is 216-518-1777. R.A. Prince Funeral Services for such a time as this. Still looking for a Valentine's Day gift? How about a half-carat total-weight diamond heart pendant? Now, only $299.99 at Hillsburg Diamonds. That's how you bring home a W. News Talk Cleveland, 1490 WERE Cleveland Heights, WZAKHD3 Cleveland, and streaming live at NewstalkCleveland.com. We're back. Uh, I was telling our Facebook family, uh, call, call someone. Uh, make sure that you get them listening to this broadcast right now. We need to be concerned about what's happening with our sisters. And um, we should be alarming that, uh, sounding that alarm ourselves. And we're doing it right here on the radio broadcast. Maisha, I'm going right straight to you. Wonderful. Um, so we've been fortunate to be funded by Cleveland Foundation. And part of what was important for me with receiving this funding is making sure that as we receive these stories about um, these black women who've gone through these very real tragedies, that we pay them for their stories. Because you know what? You pay for what is valuable. And these yes. stories are valuable. Yes. Yes, um, yes, yes. So I want everybody to know that um, we're gathering women together starting on February 15th, which is Saturday at 10 o'clock at Living Truth Center, um, which is the church that's right next door to the Stephanie Tobes Jones Center at uh, in Cleveland Clinic in East Cleveland. And if you want to know more about the program, you can go to the website for Literary Cleveland and look under programs. Again, it's called Beauty for Ashes. Or you know what? You can call me directly at 440-494-6290. Now, what's the address of the church? 
Um, it is Belmore Road, and I am sorry that I'm blanking. It's a very short road, and it's right next door to the Stephanie Tubbs I was Tubbs surprised. You don't know because you, you have someone that's connected to that church. Who's that? Um, pastor Mommy. Well, pastor, <laughs> your mother is the pastor of that church. <laughs> yes, I know that. The Reverend Dorothy Wilson. <laughs> yes, I know that. So uh, that's a good, that's a great church here. Brother's a great minister. And uh, we want to share that. Can we share? put that on our website, the Clergy Coalition website? Yes, I'd be very grateful for you to we share We absolutely will do that. I'll, okay. I'll have Shante upload that. Well, uh, introduce us to Chastity Strotter, uh, Maisha, and I'm sure you have can answer some questions. And I'm, I'm going to get a copy of her book. I'm going to have you sign this one. Um, I'm very excited to introduce Chastity Strotter, who I've known for a full year now. Um, Chastity wrote an amazing book called Broken for the Promise, and she talks about this pain um, that goes along with being a black woman and also trying to bring a child into the world. She was actually the inspiration for me to even pursue this project with Cleveland Foundation. And um, Chastity, would you like to go ahead and say a few things about your book? I wrote my book in 2014. Um, I went through a very traumatic pregnancy. My son is now nine years old, so everything transpired in 2010. Uh, it was a very, the most uh, traumatic um, experience of my entire life, and it took me even uh, some years after uh, coming out on the other side of it to get completely over it because it was so traumatic. So uh, I'm hoping to share my story to inspire other women not only just to take care of yourself during a pregnancy, but just to know that you're not alone. And um, I'm here with you fighting through this, uh, this crisis in Cuyahoga County. Chastity, um, you're being a little bit modest right now. Go ahead and tell people how hard that pregnancy was with um, the vomiting and with the pain. And frankly, because this is the route that we're getting to, about your experience with your medical care providers. I, I miscarried at five weeks, and so that was a that was traumatic by itself. And I got pregnant pretty s quickly after. It was within uh, a couple months after I had um, I had miscarried, and you know I was going through what I thought was the beginning of the first trimester, which is normally the nausea and you know the vomiting and you know um, the sickness. But I knew something else was going on. Um, I was, it was a, a lot of projectile vomiting, a lot of pain in my lower abdomen. And it was literally like I had stepped into a body that wasn't my own. And so my husband took me to the emergency room. We found out from a severe episode of projectile vomiting that I was even pregnant. Um, I didn't know that I was. So we found out at that um, emergency room visit. And so the medical care providers thought the same thing I did. They thought it was simply just the early signs of pregnancy, which involved um, vomiting. But I told them that it wasn't just vomiting. And so after pleading with them to uh, take me through additional testing, which of course we know women who are in the first trimester, you're very tender. So uh, any type of sedation medication, um, any type of medical test is, is very tender at that period. But I pushed them. I was bawling. I was crying. I was begging them to go beyond just telling me, oh, you're just having uh, morning sickness. I knew my body. And most women, most people, we know our bodies. Um, but having to, to communicate that to a medical provider in my situation was just, um, was very difficult. And sad to say, 
The first option that came on the table was not additional medical testing. It was an abortion. They were trying to push me to abort my child at five weeks gestation. They told me that I was still in the safe stage to abort um, my child. I can remember them coming in the curtain. I was in this dark little space, um, what they call the observation unit of the hospital. Um, that's where you're not, you're not, you haven't been admitted to the hospital, but you're kind of in a holding pattern. So they had me in this little space, and I can remember, I can even see it right now, them coming in the curtain and whispering this to me. And I'm laying in the bed. I'm like totally incoherent, you know, hearing them, but thinking I'm not hearing them. And my husband is standing beside me, and they're telling me they're, they would give me a few minutes to make my decision. And so I'm like, make my decision. What decision is there to make? I'm not going to kill my child and the fact that that was even an option you haven't told me you're going to do additional testing mm -hmm. you're going to give me a medication you're telling me to abort my child at five weeks it was mm -hmm. devastating i'm you know you know i want to ask some questions but go ahead maisha i want to wait to but that's crazy to me well go that wasn't the end of her interactions um that I, were not good with the medical profession can um, we can we say who do we know what doctors I don't know oh, who we can don't Pastor Phillips. Is that is that one of the issues? It, did you feel like that was a issue because of your race? You think that or was that the issue because of there just wasn't professional medical care? No, providers? because my husband actually worked for this hospital system and um, he knew actually one of the doctors because what they did was they had a they had a specialist come in, um, a gastroenterologist. She was the one who they had called on. She was on call, and she was asked to come in to look at my chart and to talk to me about these symptoms I was having, and she was the one that actually put this um, issue of abortion on the table and told me that I was still in a safe, um, I was in a safe space to decide this and that they would respect my decision. Yeah, you know, I, I know about... Uh I think it was about a year or two ago, uh, there was a group of ministers uh, I went to meet. I didn't lead that particular effort, but uh, were very upset that there were more uh, abortion advertisement in the in our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I mm -hmm. remember it was clear as day. And I and and I know that when you talk about abortion, we our women don't tend to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a that's a, and I mean there there's stats on that actually right. I know about that so for you to be in that traumatic situation and then for another female doctor mm -hmm. to make that recommendation because to me you know that's really insensitive and I don't think I think it's even more offensive that a that they brought a woman to kind of help you do that you got you, like they're setting you up the night right, it's okay because they were talking outside the curtain so i knew that they were trying to they were trying to, put to it strategize, in a way, yeah. strategize yeah. to present this to me but then they kind of pushed her out in the forefront yeah. to actually present it to tell me right. that this is what i can do because they weren't willing to dig beyond what they thought in their mind was just morning sickness and i kept telling them no this is not morning sickness something else is going on in my in my lower and abdomen that, I mean, because if you wanted, you're a grown woman with a husband. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wanted an abortion, you'd have told him, right. give me one of them. Exactly. I'm not, I don't need counseling on what those, ch I know about that choice. And I had already uh, lost a baby. I had uh, just lost a baby five weeks prior. So I was, the, the pain was still fresh. 
from so that. Now, so, so do you think it was your race? That yes, was, it was okay. absolutely my race. That was okay. the first thing that popped in my mind, and that's what made it so devastating um, to me because it was staring me in the face. Well, you know, I think it's, uh, is it James Weldon Johnson? Maisha, help me with the, my black, because this is Black History Month. It is you Black know, History and the, Month. We, this is a great way to open mm -hmm. Black History Month on our radio broadcast. But, you know, they talk about, and, and I've, I've known this for years, I, when I was in law school, I studied affirmative action. And what I really found out, I mean, it's proven that the worst people have to deal with demonstration the most are black women. Right. Because you get it both ways because you're a woman and because you're black. And you can get discriminated against even by us. Yes. And so it is, I mean, it's really tough. And so when you have a medical field having that kind of stereotype in their head, that would actually add more pressure to you to have be more traumatic. And that would cause a rise of infant mortality. Boy, it's just... Thank yes, because it was taking, it involved taking the responsibility off them to see what was wrong. To with put me. the burden on you. And so it was. A, I was in a vulnerable state. I had just lost a child. I was pregnant again, fairly quickly. And Stop it, right there, because the music is playing. That means we got to pay the bills. But I know you all was only scheduled for two segments. Can you stay for 15 more minutes? Can you stay one more segment? All right. Thank you, Maisha. You're listening to issues, the people in the community. What a very important topic that uh, it's just hitting right at home. You don't want to miss this cost one. This is our beginning of Black History Month. And we have Maisha Hedden here with Chastity Stride. has a great story and a testimony to share. This is us on the other side of this break. Give us a call, 216-578-1490. from me. NewstalkCleveland.com And now, a message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. I was terrified. It was like, your head's going to explode. Migraine is a disabling disease. Just all of a sudden couldn't see. Migraine has ruined my life. Absolutely terrifying. There's pain that does not stop. It's a throbbing, pulsing, banging, hammering feeling in your head. 36 million Americans suffer. I started getting migraines around five years old. Just takes over everything. I feel trapped by migraine. It hurts like my head's gonna like fall off. And the whole world around you stops. My world has gotten small. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. I had spent a year housebound. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. This is Al Jones, boxing enthusiast. Tune in to In the Ring with Al Jones, Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern on 1490 WERE. We will be bringing you the best in boxing with up-and-coming amateurs, hot prospects, current champions, and the legends of the game. Don't forget, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern, In the Ring with Al Jones. Sometimes we forget that the funeral is for the living. It is the last visible viewing and celebration. But for those of us in the industry, it is a time for our experience and excellence to shine. At R.A. Prince Funeral Services, our expertise in different cultures, economics, and family blend makes us stand out 
in helping to meet the trust and faith you have placed in our hands. We know it is paramount for us to ease the burden and release the pressure of this time of need. Let R.A. Prince Funeral Services meet with you and take the worry out. Call us at 216-518-1777. That is 216-518-1777. R.A. Prince Funeral Services for such a time as this. 1490 WERE Traffic. Good afternoon. This traffic update sponsored by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Looking to the roads once again for your evening commute. If you're in Elyria going westbound 90, look out for an accident just after 57 that's causing a few delays. You'll find more delays due to some slow-moving traffic if you're going interbelt southbound between Superior Ave and Carnegie Ave. In Cleveland, we have reports of another accident causing delays on West 130th Street at Bel Air Road. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Having a home is hard, so get a quote at GEICO.com easy. I'm Lorenzo Ware on Cleveland's News Talk 1490 WERE-AM, the People Station. We're back to issues of people in the community. Uh, we've asked the uh, our guests to stay for one extra segment. I know the topic is good, but remember, we're on live on Facebook, and we're on live on the radio broadcasts. Uh, we don't have the opportunity to edit these conversations. So we, I am in awe of, uh, of this particular topic, and... Uh, I really appreciate you all coming in today and, and uh, taking a moment. I was just sharing with our Facebook family that I have been to a lot of conversations talking about infant mortality. We've we have had churches be engaged in having programs and, and talk and have sermons about infant mortality. I have not, and for the last at least the last four years, I have never heard anyone talk about. The, tra- the trauma of stressful life. And it's, I think that is probably what we should have been talking about a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, uh, especially when it comes to the medical profession. Uh, so, Maisha, I mean, I mean, you are really educating me, and I, I hope that you're educating the rest of our audience today. But uh, before we get, let me go back to Maisha. Dr. Jarvis, you did have a question. Go ahead. Yes, Chastity, I have a question for you. You mentioned earlier uh, in your conversation about the doctors say you were in a safe space. So what do they actually mean about you being in a safe space when you are going through some trauma and carrying a baby? The safe space meant that I wasn't too far along. Uh, I wasn't completely, I was just at the beginning of the first trimester, so I wasn't too far along in the pregnancy that if I decided to have an abortion, it wouldn't be as life-threatening if... um, as opposed to if I was farther advanced in my pregnancy into like, you know, the, the mid to the end trimesters. So that's what they meant, that I'm in a safe place where I'm not too far along if I decided to abort my child, that, you know, it wouldn't be as life-threatening. Well, let me just take a step back from that, Dr. Jarvis, because what I recall you saying that you had 
had a miscarriage prior to this pregnancy that we're talking about, right? Yes, I did. Were you under the same doctor's care when you had the miscarriage that you were when they were asking you about the... No, at the time, no. So you changed doctors. Yes, I did. So do you think the, the, the baby that we lost, was that due to the lack of the sensitivity of the first doctor? Could that have something to, done with, uh, to do with that? Honestly, there was no answer as to why I miscarried. Um, I went through the exam that you go through after you miscarry and um, was told that there was really no, there was no cause that they could find or could suggest, you know, just my body just said it wasn't time yet. And, you know, Pastor Phillips, I, I, I want Chastity to say more about that because even as she continued with her, um, her second pregnancy, in extreme pain where she couldn't mo- could barely move her legs and she was having intense imbo- um, abdominal pain and she was losing weight during her pregnancy. Like every month she was actually losing a little bit more weight. The doctors still never really narrowed down what was the cause of this. So obviously... The health of the mother is at stake, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and that's an issue with African American women. The mortality rate, black women die from complications due to pregnancy at a much higher rate than white women in the United States. Mm. So, like, literally, all these things like are literally chipping away at her health, and obviously chipping away at the health of the child that she could be carrying. But at, but still, no answers, no solutions. Um, and you know, you mentioned how she had to keep switching doctors. So Chastity, could you talk about, um, the other doctor that you got who recommended the amniocentesis and what that ordeal was like? I wasn't getting better as the pregnancy did advance. Um, I could not, I still could not keep food down. I couldn't keep anything down. So I was, that's where the weight loss came in because of not being able to retain fluid or food in my body. I basically spent most of my life in the ER uh, getting intravenous uh, fluids to be able to do anything as far as, I guess, if you want to call it eat. So I was referred to another physician I went to that physician and I begged him to try to see if there was any way that I could deliver early because I was traumatized I was exhausted I was losing weight I was sick I was spending my time in the emergency room I was being poked you know every single time given fluids um, only to have to come back within 24 to 48 hours and start the process all over again so I begged him to see if Joshua that's my son's name, could be delivered early. So with my already weakened state, he um, recommended the amniocentesis. I went through it twice. The second time I went through the amnio, I actually went under for over 30 minutes. Um, I remember him taking that needle and putting it in my sack, and as he began to draw the fluid out, I completely collapsed in the, in the bed where they had everything set up. And from what my husband told me, because I don't remember much of anything that happened, I was out for 30 minutes. They was pulling all kind of um, code blues and um, mm. hitting buttons, and they put my husband outside of the room. Even to this day, nine years later, he cannot talk about it without breaking down. It was very traumatic for him because all he could do was look through the window and see them try to try everything to make me coherent. 
Um, yeah, they, they probably thought that they were losing you. I'd, uh, I Thank you for your story, and thank you for sharing. Uh, that takes a lot of courage for you to do that. Uh, if the, She has a book called Broken for the Promise, uh, and just a fantastic story. I was just reading uh, a couple of pages. I I read. I'm a you know I'm old fashioned. I still read, and uh, I, I thank God for you telling your story. And uh, Maisha, thank God for this project. And I I pray to God up in heaven that uh, people will come. Other ladies, I'm sure there's uh, other ladies similarly situated like yourself. And I'll tell you what is a safe space. Come to to the Living Waters Church at what what day at what time? The Living Truth Center. Living Truth Center. Um, the first uh, um, the first meeting is Saturday, February fifteenth at ten o'clock in the morning at Living Truth Center on Belmore Road okay. in East Cleveland. And if you are interested in participating in the program, if you know somebody who has a story that's similar to Chastity's, or you have a story of your own. Um, if you had an extremely premature baby or if your child unfortunately died before the age of two, I'd like you to reach out and call me. Uh, right. The telephone number is 440-494-6290. And we'd love to have you participate. And again, there's compensation. And All what right. is that number again, please? 440 Nine zero. We're going to make sure that we make that a part of our regular announcements. We're going to put it on our website. You don't have to have written a book like Chastity to show up. <laughs> all right. Uh, so please show up anyway. But it's uh, that's very very smart. Great great job, Maisha. And I thank you for uh, sharing the work that God has given you and that you're continuing to do. And uh, what a great uh, you all have a, a great a strong soldier spokesperson advocate in Maisha Hedden. Uh, and uh, and be able to bring this to the forefront. We want to take care of our sisters. Uh, let me just close with this and tell you, you know, we were talking about the census. Census is so important because you're counting people, because when you count people, that makes where the resources are. Well, you can't count people if the people that we encounter are dying. So that's why this is so important. Our community starts with us having babies. We can't be a nation if we're not having babies. So, And we have to take care of our queen mothers. This is just basic human thinking issues. So, you know, the way that, you know, just think about this. They were trying to get to Moses, so they killed all the babies, right? They were trying to get to Jesus, so they killed all the babies. That's why they want to kill all of our babies, because that's where our geniuses are. So we have to make sure we stand up for this issue. We stand up for the weak, the lost, and the left outs. These babies can't vote, so we got to stand up for them, even though they're not a constituency. You know, you're not going to get any resources for them. we got to stand up for what's right in our community because that's what's in the best interest of our community. So, Maisha, Hedden, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being here at uh, Chastity. We God bless your work, and we're going to continue to announce that, and I'm going to pay you for this book. You're and listening to you. Issues of and People in the Community.